right, so let's just get into it. No introductions or no formal introductions. You're, 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 you're Dr. Sugger, Dr. Sugger, Sugger, Dr. Coleman, monkeypox. Yeah, it. we have uh, in the past done the COVID special, the COVID-2 special, COVID vaccine special. And here we are now until we have a new name for monkeypox, the monkeypox special. So I think what we're hoping to do today is a quick and dirty uh, uh, rundown of what you need to know, really. I like monkeypox. You know what? Uh, as you know, viruses, any kind of infectious diseases should not be named after who discovered it, should not be given stigma. Um, and really, it's inaccurate because people think, assume it comes from monkeys. So let's start from there. So are, are the monkeys offended? Are they, they are protesting, protesting in the, the streets. There's a Me Too movement, I think, going on uh, as we speak. Uh, the natural habitat for this virus, we call the host, is actually the African rodent. Uh, the reason they call it monkeypox, it was discovered actually in the 1970s in a primate lab in Scandinavia. Um, so actually that's a misnomer for monkeypox to begin with. And then there's stigma that somehow it's related to just Africa. It is, uh, affects a certain amount of types of people, certain geographic region. Same reason, you know, uh, we don't call it the Wuhan virus, right? We call it SARS-CoV-2. So it's true that monkeypox has been around for a long time, first described in the 1970s. I don't know if you knew that. And it is, I it did. is, in Two the Congo. different distinct what we call clades, C-L-A-D-E-S. There's Central African, uh, what we think about Democratic Republic of Congo, and West African or Nigerian clade. So what we're seeing since May of 2022, unprecedented uh, spread throughout the world in areas where it did not has been endemic in the past, first described in the UK, is very similar to the West African or what we call clade three. So that's the first thing to know. And it's an orthopox. And why is that important? Because essentially it's the same family of viruses as smallpox. So smallpox, monkeypox, same family called orthopox. You remember that King Philip came over for good seafood? Kingdom, phylum, no. genus, species came over. Oh, wow. You're taking it back to biology. class, genus, species. So anyway, that's a little mnemonic. So family, orthopox. You figure, can I ask a question? Do? You figure with all the... Uh... The uh, restrictions and six-foot uh, distances, especially something like monkeypox, with it being contact, you'd see you wouldn't see a, a breakout. Or am I wrong? Uh, a couple of things. So people are going to naturally compare uh, monkeypox to cor coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2. Both of those viruses, uh, as you know, are the only ones by WHO, Public Health of International Concern. Of course, the CDC being August labeled as a public health emergency in the United States. But what does it really mean? Well, if you look at the number of people someone with COVID-19 can infect, uh, it can be upwards of 10 to 15 people, what we call the N-naught. Monkeypox is much less, and the good news is much less um, uh, uh, infectious. The average person is infecting less than one person. Uh, so there's some distinct differences. This is not a virus that is brand new or novel. It's been around. We do have vaccines and we do have antivirals. Uh, so this is not a novel virus. What's unique about this is that it's a, a virus that has been around for a while that has now spread outside of the Central and West African basin to now Europe and taken a foothold uh, throughout the United States. That's the first and foremost. And that's not to say we haven't had cases of monkeypox uh, outside of Africa in the past, but every case up until May um, has been can be directly correlated to either uh, uh, travel from Central West Africa or exposure to an animal. Maybe an animal came over from you know as a pet 
uh, it came over to the United States, North America, and then exposure. So this is really the first time we're seeing transmission independent of travel or any kind of contact from Central and West Africa, you understand? So that's what's unique about it. But unlike COVID-19, it's been around for a while. We do have virus, and we'll get into it. We do have antivirals, we do have vaccines. Uh, but why such the, uh, why such a spread now? Especially if it's not as well, transmissible as, as That is a great question. And that's why it's important to understand that, um, that, uh, uh, that there is related um, to smallpox. So both the same family. You remember small? Have you got your smallpox vaccine, by the way? Smallpox? No. That's because it was, we stopped vaccinating people in 1972. And that's the only infectious disease. Only <laughs> You probably did. I had to not, by the way. I missed it by a couple of years. Um, <laughs> that deemed eradicated uh, in the world by 1980. So we're trying the same with polio. Have been unsuccessful thus far. We still see cases in Afghanistan, Pakistan. Yemen, even in Israel, that we see cases, and now we know about vaccine-derived cases, uh, even in our back uh, neck of the woods in Rockland, Orange County. Uh, TB, yeah. right, still yet to be eradicated, but smallpox was eradicated. So the thought is, is that we're waning immunity against smallpox, then monkeypox, which again is a distinct virus, but similar family, orthopox family, that people were more susceptible. So there was this perfect storm of the possibility of this virus to take foothold in susceptible populations. Because having smallpox or having majority of the world vaccinated against smallpox did protect against monkeypox. Because again, same family. Now you're having people since 1972 in the United States and since 1980 worldwide who've never been vaccinated against smallpox. They no longer exist. Well, now you have a virus that's very similar to smallpox, again, monkeypox, that can now take hold. And that's kind of the issue. And that, if, you, if you understand, I hope that's not too confusing. That is how this whole monkeypox, at least theorized, has been able to take hold. You have now more susceptible population where before you had a vast majority of the population that was vaccinated uh, against uh, smallpox. So, of course... Can you go over how it's transmitted? All right, so I think we have to get into... I, I think technically, I don't know, if, would you call it an STD? Uh, well, this is where we have to get into what is, could be a slightly uncomfortable conversation. What we've seen since For early who? May and that's continuing still at this point, as of August 16, 2022, it is predominantly a, a, a entity, clinical entity we're seeing in the MSM, men who have sex with men population. And of course, we have to tread very carefully as healthcare providers in the infectious disease world and public health world, because at the same time, you need to target uh, the population that most at risk, at least as of now, while at the same time, right. not stigmatizing a certain group, you know, and it, it's, it's reminiscent of probably how HIV played out early on when it was predominantly described in the men who have sex men population. Even if the stigma or the, the, the prejudice against that hopefully largely has been removed, there's still an idea that, you know, if you target that population in terms of prevention, et cetera, are you unfairly stigmatizing them? But at the same time, you have to, do, you know, if, if something is, is affecting a certain population, it makes the most sense to intervene in that population, not aim for other populations where the instance is much less. That's not having, so what we've seen for whatever reason is taken hold in that particular population and spreading very efficiently, and we'll talk about how, um, oftentimes mimicking a STI or sexually transmitted infection. That's not to say it can't spread in the heterosexual population or other vulnerable populations, right. but for now, as of this August 16th, 2022, the vast majority of cases have been the MSM population. And that's what makes this a little bit confusing. It is presenting as an STI. If you look at smallpox, you ever seen those smallpox uh, pictures with you, you know, 
young child or an adult has lesions all over the body. I mean, if you look at this, yep. you're thinking, hey, this person is probably not getting intimate with anyone. What's interesting about uh, monkeypox, the way it's presenting now currently, lesions are oftentimes kind of hidden. Instead of on the face and the body in areas that may preclude someone from getting intimate with somebody, it's in the genital region and the anus, so people might not even know it's there. They might have some just, you know. Do you have any, you know, the taco meat? Oh, yeah. uh, thank you Lesions. for that. That was, just, that, was, <laughs> that was a little comedic interlude in a very serious conversation. I think I see a monkey pop. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So oftentimes we see people, there's really a triad, right? We have fever, lymphadenopathy, which yep. for those of you listening don't know what that is. That is, just means large lymph nodes and pox lesions. And pox lesions can start off uh, as little red papules. Then they get raised, we call them macules. And then they can start getting clumpy. Not, not P-A-C, like, not P-A-C, like Tupac. Not, not Tupac, yeah. That's, okay. That's right. Okay. Uh, it, Sorry. Although, if you think about California love and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's the same, it's the same uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, you like that. Uh, so, it is spreading through extreme close contact. Now, could it be aerosolized and inhaled and become airborne or droplet? Yes. But that the majority driver at this time is prolonged intimate contact. But that can also be household. Okay. So someone could have lesions and someone could share bedding with them, could share towels, other household items, and also get it that way. So you get the idea that it has to be prolonged, somewhat intimate. Again, intimate, vast majority have been uh, presenting at STIs. We have seen people... Um, in particular, uh, 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 certain situations, whether it's bathhouses, cinemas, group right. sex, quite frankly. I mean, this is just, if you look at what the CDC um, risks at, uh, labels as, um, as those at risk, it is not just MSM, but MSM who perhaps participate in certain activities, bathhouses, group sex, et cetera. Because the idea is that you have prolonged contact, at least initially, this is where it was taking foothold. Again, I wanna reiterate, you know, over and over again, that this by no means means this is not going to spread efficiently in other groups. But their idea was initially early on in young men, this was a way to intervene. Uh, there have that's maybe a discussion for a different day. But someone may say the CDC, WHO was a little bit behind the times and dropped the eight ball and could have intervened earlier, could have made vaccines available earlier, could have had better, more direct messaging. Right? You know, it's kind of like forget about treading lightly. We just need to be direct. If you are a young Right. MSM, and you're participating in these high-risk activities, you need to understand this is going on. Um, right. Or if you're a, or if you're a swinger. Look, know. the reality is, this is there's no okay. judgment here. As physicians, we have to just target the populations where this is spreading, because we know once it gets entrenched in a certain population, it's naive to think it's not going to, you know, you know, it's naive right. in the 80s when people said, well, HIV is a gay man's disease, right? We, we knew that. Um, but maybe we didn't know that, or we knew that, but people still said it. Uh, and so hopefully we've learned from that and realized we have to intervene no matter where we are um, because this viruses will take will take hold and certainly if you're a betting man you can assume that it will eventually find its way into other populations now the good news is that the fatality rate is exceedingly low it's what we call self-limited illness okay if you look at central african or the democratic republic of congo has a higher case fatality rate eight to eleven percent uh the nigerian strain about one to three percent uh what we're seeing currently is much lower than that in fact up until a few weeks ago, there was like maybe six deaths out of all the cases in the United States. They were all within Africa, sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, after that, about a week or two uh, ago, there were a few cases of deaths described in Spain. In uh, my understanding, those details of those cases were such that they were immunocompromised. They may have been advanced HIV or AIDS patients. So 
for the vast majority of people, especially young people who are getting it right now, it's uncomfortable, it's painful. Uh, there could be some stigma, unfortunately, associated with it, but it is a self-limited illness. However, the idea is that if you get more vulnerable people, that those who are pregnant, uh, children especially, may be much more vulnerable uh, to severe outcomes. Uh, and I should say that, you know, people do die, especially of the, Demo of the Central African clade. There have been reports of lesions around the eyes causing blindness. So by no means is this, should this be viewed as something is benign, no big deal. You know, but I think there is good news in that it is case fatality rates exceedingly low. And for the vast majority of people, it's self-limited. But you don't want to make, uh, take those facts and have people say, well, then it's no big deal. That's, that's not the case either. Are there treatments available? Yeah, or I, I, I saw some information about vaccines. Right, right. so a couple of things. There are two vaccines, uh, Genios being one of them, another one being specifically for smallpox. The Genios vaccine was designed uh, for smallpox specifically. Much easier take than the original smallpox vaccine that's really not available at all. That's available really as the uh, U.S. Department uh, strategic stockpile. Um, the Genios vaccine was designed uh, for smallpox, but now that we've understand that smallpox and monkeypox are in the same family, it's about 85% effective against monkeypox as well. And that's what's being looked at for both vaccination for those at high risk. So again, the population we discussed about, including healthcare workers, specifically healthcare workers that may work at STI clinics, may work, let's say, in community um, clinics, or maybe particularly take care of, of certain populations that put them at risk. And then you can use this also as prophylaxis. Someone may have been exposed to someone monkeypox. Because there's a long incubation period, you can utilize vaccines as, as not only a, as prophylaxis from the get-go, but prophylaxis if you've been exposed, right? So usually we don't use vaccines in that way. Oh, so, so for example, if you went to a party and it got crazy, wild, swingers, you invite your swinger friends, I mean, um, listen, you could listen, you could take a vaccine you know for monkeypox to prevent. When you look at what is deemed high, I mean, it's very clear on the CDC website. So if you fall within a certain, um, if you've been obviously if you've been exposed to someone who has definitively has monkeypox or who is under suspicion for monkeypox, you can consider getting vaccinated. But if you have participated in high risk behaviors and you come from a at what is deemed now as of eight sixteen two thousand twenty two a high risk group, then yes, you should be Got considered. It. Now, as you know, the rollout has been not 100% without hiccups. Um, it has been somewhat uneven. The United States now has taken over from Spain as the largest number of cases in the world. And yes, New York City, the largest amount of cases in the United States. So, you know, uh, parts of the village, uh, parts of the city that perhaps have populations more higher at risk, uh, certainly a few weeks ago, uh, were, uh, were very visibly uh, upset and were, you know, just saying, hey, look, we cannot get enough doses uh, for the for the amount of demand. So at least the awareness is out there, uh, given the public outreach that people are aware that, you know, they may be at risk, but the vaccine rollout has still been less than desirable. There is an antiviral also called TPOX. Um, that has not been utilized all that much as of now. Uh, the reason being it's not readily available. And again, for the vast majority of people, it is self-limiting, but that is because it's spreading not only the MSM population, but the younger immunocompetent MSM population. If you start spreading to other more vulnerable areas of both that population as well as other groups, you know that that conversation may change. So, so, so who would be eligible for the vaccine besides? Higher so that keeps changing, right? Right behavior. now, the demands far out out out, out is greater than outstrips the supply. So it really comes down to um, 
certain populations, uh, especially in the LGBT uh, population, who may be uh, uh, engaging in group sex or other riskier type behaviors. Um, you know, as a physician, maybe it, it, we may not be able to say that group sex in of itself is a risky behavior, but it is for the purposes of acquiring monkeypox. You know, so there are some people who that's their lifestyle, and you know, um, that 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 is uh, something that has to have. You know, you have to have a conversation with the patient. If they tell you this, then you have to tell them, look, a consider uh, alternate um, uh, uh, expressions. Um, while this pandemic or while this now spread throughout throughout the world is, is continuing until we have a better handle on both who can get a vaccine, uh, who gets a, you know an understanding increases, uh, or you target that population specifically to be vaccinated. So again, and then of course you would vaccinate anyone who is a close contact. If someone had it in the house right. and you're you're sharing bedding, you're not intimate with them, but you're sharing bedding. We, we it has been described to be very efficiently transmitted through sharing bedding, clothing, towels blankets, sheets, other household items. Um, and they're having reports of, of children, uh, you know, and uh, it's not for the godforsaken uh, um, uh, reasons that you think that, you know, probably from household transmission, um, uh, uh, not from, you know, unwanted uh, sexual behavior. So, so we, and children, certainly pr children, pregnant women, much more risk. And I will tell you, uh, as the fall approaches, as kids go back to school, there is a thought that it could spread among uh, children uh, especially mm. the preschool children, right? They're in close contact. They may not right. always have the best hygiene. So that's something we really have to watch and be aware of. And so we have to, you know, reiterate that this is not a disease that belongs to just one demographic uh, that has the potential to spread throughout uh, our population. So we owe it to all of us to be aware uh, and to be constantly vigilant of, you know, of how this plays out. So I guess the jury is not out yet. So. The jury's not out yet, but again, it's, it's I, I was under the impression this that unlike. This was... Yeah. SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused the COVID-19. This virus has been around for a while. Yeah. We have vaccines. We have antivirals. Uh, but of course, the question that I know you're asking back there uh, is, you know, why does this keep happening? You know, we had SARS-CoV-2. Now we have monkeypox until they change it to a different uh, viral name. And so that's where I'll get on my super. The, the ID docs keep dropping the ball. Well, no, it really has to do with. You don't with, see with new kidney diseases. Right? When's the last time? Upon animals. These are viruses that really were just transmitting uh, uh, through different animals, right? Whether it's primates. Only ID. Uh, or you have reservoirs you where it would, it would reside but not cause disease. So as you have animals and humans now encroaching on each other, you have a much more fruitful environment for viruses to jump, zoonosis jump from interspecies. And of course, since these are viruses that are uh, really, the humans have very little of any natural immunity, it's not surprising they can spread very efficiently. I will finally say that unlike SARS-CoV-2, which is an RNA virus, RNA viruses by nature make a lot of errors as they reproduce. And a lot of those errors are nonsensical, but sometimes those errors get together and be and, and can cause significant evolutionary advantages. That's why we see alpha, beta, delta, omicron, and certain subvariants of concern and interest. A monkeypox is a DNA virus. They're much less likely during the process of transcription and translation. You remember those from biochemistry? Uh, transcription, yeah, messenger RNA, messenger RNA to protein translation to make errors. So the, the thought process is that the chance of this mutating is much, much less than RNA viruses like SARS-CoV-2, like HIV, which by definition are more prone for making errors as they reproduce. Got it. All right. So what's the new name going to be? You know what? Uh, 
That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the virus formerly known. I think as something pox. with a pox because pox implies you know lesions. Uh, yeah. The like I said, the, the likely uh, uh, reservoir is the African rodent. So really, monkeys have nothing to do with it. it just was just it was dis- discovered in a monkey lab in the nineteen seventies, and I believe uh, one. Of the, I, I think. Uh, uh, Actually, I'm not even sure. One of the Scottish, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Nordic countries, uh, maybe a Danish lab. But in any case, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important for all of us to know that we never want to have any virus that uh, somehow stigmatizes people or a region. Um, uh, uh, even if you look at the Ebola virus, Ebola was named after the Ebola forest in, in Central Africa. So yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how these things change. But in terms of the name, uh, maybe we can run a contest here and think about names. But I imagine names should be both descriptive um, in terms of the characteristics of something pox, but perhaps something more phylogenic, you know, in terms of it, its origins from the orthopox family of viruses. All right. I like Tupac. I like Tupac. I, I mean, honestly, if we could have... Tupac. I think we should name this episode Tupac. Um, if nothing else, because <laughs> to, to lighten up, <laughs> as I treaded my wording very carefully... He um, did a good I'm job. Sure. You didn't do a good job of that handle behind you, which is crooked. So I'm just critiquing your kitchen. Can you see? Is it that? crooked? Yeah. That's which right. which handle on the on the up? And who has letter who has letters in their kitchen that spell at home? I mean, what else? Well, is if you must that? know, uh, my mom, my, my wife <laughs> is, this your, is a big. This is your grandmother's. If you kitchen? must know, my wife is a big Scrabble fan. So if you look at it closely, oh. those are Scrabble letters uh, right next to my very. I'm gonna move right here. Uh, my teapot. my special teacup over there. All right. I'll let you get back to your old English. I was actually going to make some, uh, I think, Earl of Bergamont, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Earl Grey tea, if you're interested. Sounds gross. I think I just want to remind our viewers out there, you never add milk to Earl Grey tea because the Earl of Bergamont, the oil and the tea will congeal with the milk and it's really terrible. So I see people making this mistake all the time. You add lemon. That's the only time, (laughs) you know, I'm Indian. We add milk to all our tea, but with... If you can drink Earl Grey, you add lemon, and please forego the milk. Thank you very much. All right. Can you add Hennessy to your tea, too? <laughs> well, the bar is over here. You know, I mean, we have to shift it over. The bar is uh, that way. So, uh, oh. I, and I believe there's a nice bottle of rum, that uh, nice bottle of tequila uh, that a, a friend of mine, when he first visited my house, uh, brought. So, um, that, that tequila is like three years old. I'm, I'm still waiting for you to come over. Statue of limitations as well. Uh, since you brought it over, I'm still waiting for you to come over and... Uh, We'll make margaritas or something, you know. All right. Well, hopefully we won't have to do a monkeypox part two. Uh, but at least next time we should have an update um, in terms of the new name. Until next time, awesome. rate, subscribe, listen. We will always try to keep you informed of what's happening in the ID world, in the nephrology world, and everything in between. Until next time, be well.